and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call, and I am glad to have you here with me tonight. Um, God is good, and he is still on the throne. And even though this world is looking crazy right now, things are out of control, and folks, we know it doesn't matter who wins the election. These people don't care anymore about law and order. We have spoken of it several times in the past. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Antichrist is about lawlessness. It is against the very law of God. And the very laws of God are nothing but a blessing. His commandments are not only good and healthy for us, but they are healthy for our neighbors, like not stealing. That's one of the commands. And you see what's happening today. They are stealing because when you follow God's commands, not only do you not harm yourself, but you keep your neighbors safe. Well, neighbors are not safe right now. But the good news is those who are in Christ, those who are in Jesus Yeshua, they are safe. Even if their lives are taken, they are safe in eternity with him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. And I ask that tonight, whatever comes out on this program, would be according to your will. Lord, I believe in the power of God, the power of redemption, the power of forgiveness, and Lord, the power of revival. And Lord, I know that through your word, through all the revivals in the Bible, they were filled with times of deep repentance. There was chaos. There was turmoil. There were attacks on the people of God. They had been in rebellion. They had fallen away. They had backslidden. But in their moment of desperation, they cried out, and their heavenly Father heard them. Lord, hear us as we are approaching tomorrow night the beginning of the days of all the feast of trumpets lord we are beginning the solemn assembly and consecrating ourselves lord sanctifying this time period between yom kippur and the feast of trumpets lord that we would sanctify it wholly set apart to you lord as we repent and cry out believing in a miracle lord the miracle we need right now is an absolutely surrendered life to you. Lord, there's no amount of preparations in the flesh. There's no amount of, of anything. We can't build a bunker far enough underground to escape what's coming. The only way we can truly escape is to be under your wings. So Lord, I pray that you will guide us so that we may see clearly as we enter into these times of sorrow and trouble that are coming, believing the Lord that is there is a harvest coming and we are to be the people to take the gospel forward in revival as we enter the last periods of time in this earth's history, Lord. Please use us. I thank you for this because I ask it in Yeshua's powerful name. 
Amen. Well, folks, glad to have you here. This is going to be a a special episode tonight because tonight's episode, we are officially calling out for the Solemn Assembly. Now, if you haven't heard the episodes in the past, you might not be familiar with what I'm talking about. But tomorrow evening, starting, we were going to start at 7. We've actually moved it to 8 because of people on the West Coast that will be joining in with us uh, to be able to start at 8 p.m. Eastern. Remember that, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That will be 5 p.m. on the West Coast. We will be starting our solemn assembly. Now, this is a virtual solemn assembly. There will be people that are gathered together in different places. But since all the madness that's going on right now and the travel restrictions and the ungodly uh, things that the government's trying to tell people to do, we are meeting virtually because it doesn't matter as long as the spirit of the living God is present. It won't matter where we meet. It's the fact that we are meeting and we are believing that God called us to gather together even the more as we see the day come. We're not to forsake that time. And when we see that the trumpet is to be blown like on the Feast of Trumpets because the enemy is coming, as in Ezekiel 33, uh, which we have been warning the people that they may understand the times that they're in so that they would repent and turn to God. But when God's people see this, they also are to humble themselves because we understand that it's this moment that we need to make that deep, serious, heartfelt change. And so our solemn assembly will start tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Now, some of you have been asking, we've talked about Zoom. Zoom will be the catalyst to how we are having this, but that is not the way you will need to join in. If you want to be a part of the solemn assembly, we, uh, we will be actually streaming it. From Zoom has a feature where I can stream directly to our YouTube channel at Remnant Call, and I will be streaming it there. Uh, to my rem- to my YouTube channel, and you can listen live starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. You'll go to youtube.com forward slash remnant call radio, or just go to YouTube, type in the remnant call, and you'll we'll be the first ones to pop up. You will see the video will come on live at 8 p.m. Eastern. You will be able to listen to it and and follow along. We will have several, you know, some different people that will be in there uh, praying with us, sharing some. Uh, some of God's word with us for the times, and we will be seeking the Lord's face. And this is going to begin that 10 days of what is known as the days of awe leading up to Yom Kippur, which we will culminate with another uh, meeting and uh, another remnant call program. And I think that will be on Sunday evening of, let me pull up the calendar here, Sunday evening of the 27th, we will actually get together again, uh, kicking off Yom Kippur where we will end it with the final fast day of the fast. And that's the day that in Yom Kippur, they did not fast by either drink. They didn't drink any water nor eat any food. And folks, don't actually let that scare you. There is something that happens when you don't actually drink water on a day that you fast. You will find you will actually not get hungry. Uh, I, I guess God just had, in his mercy set it up that way. Uh, but people draw themselves out to the hunger and, and they don't drink on that day. And so don't worry, you will not be, uh, don't, don't let that frighten or scare you. Now, starting in between the, se- starting the Friday at 8 p.m. on the 18th, 
Uh, we are going to begin this fast. Uh, Brother Benjamin is going to be coming in here in a few minutes with us tonight, and we will be starting it there at sundown that evening, wherever that may be. I would say even if you're not sundown, start it by the beginning of the solemn assembly, which would be 5 p.m. We will fast all the way through the 28th. Now, for many of us, we want to do water fast. I understand. Listen, um, th- we've talked in the past. We'll get into a little bit more tonight. Um, there are some of you medically, listen, I understand we're not putting any yoke of bondage on anybody. There are different types of fast. There's the Daniel fast. There's a water fast. Um, folks, I plan to do some of the water fast, but there are times I will have to actually have um, – get a little bit more energy because I have to work through this time. Um, so I may have to drink, you know, some type of a, a more of a ketogenic type mix with no sugars and anything in it because you don't want to introduce any type of sugars really much and maybe mild, a little bit of honey, but you, you want to keep that blood sugar very low through that fast time. Um, you know, unless you have diabetes, uh, listen, folks, always do the right thing. Do, we're not, this is not a yoke of bondage, as I'm saying. But, you know, there'll be times I might have to supplement a little bit of liquid with something with like a ketogenic shake, um, not because I need to get full, but because I might need some energy. We want to draw ourselves out with water, liquid, primarily water is would be the greatest way to fast. But we understand if there are those who cannot do it that way. So listen, no condemnation. Truth is, just do something, and if you fail, start again right after that. Don't let the devil ruin you or steal your joy through this fast, because it is an important time. We will talk a little bit more about the recipe. I've posted it in times past. I'll post it again tonight, um, but we'll kind of go over it. You don't really need any detailed recipe about the water mix we've talked about uh, on how to do that, but let me go ahead and bring... Uh, as we're talking here, Brother Benjamin on the line here with us uh, to share uh, about what's going to be happening here uh, with this and with the water fasting and everything and how you can how you can do this. And honestly, folks, what this time truly means. And so I will bring Brother Benjamin on. Hold on here just a second. Brother oh. Benjamin, are you here with me? I think I'm here with you. All right. Yes. Praise God, brother. I was just speaking about fasting and different types of fast. And we understand there's no judgment, no yoke of bondage, but, um, you know, just fast. And uh, if you can do the water, that's great. We will. And want to talk more about the recipe again. Uh, Benjamin, a lot of people have tried to get the link to that. And uh, I've posted it again. But uh, Benjamin, unless you've got some more um uh, insight into that. I kind of just follow a real simple general rule. A couple of carrots, a full beet, a few stalks of celery. I pour it in a big old pickle jar full, you know, a gallon of water and I drink it and refill it until it turns, the purple goes away and I refill it again with more vegetables. And that's pretty much always the way I've done it. Um, well, so. the formula is uh, three parts of celery, two part beet, one part carrot by weight. Um, if you want to use the 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 recipe from the doctor and yeah you put it the cut up vegetables they're washed they need to be organic you don't want pesticides you put them in a glass container it could be a quart it could be uh, uh, half a gallon it could be a gallon and I'll fill it 80% with the chopped up vegetables in one inch squares and then fill it with distilled water a couple mint leaves if you care for a little bit of a sweetener put it in the fridge overnight, at least let it seep three to four hours, 
and that is the mineral water that will keep your electrolytes and your blood chemistry balanced. Um, on the beginning, on like the second day of the fast, um, you could take a, a t- teaspoon of honey dissolved with saliva in your mouth every time you drink eight ounces of the water, and drink as much as you want. And yeah, normally you can recharge the vegetables at least one time, then they start getting pretty weak uh, after uh, you, you fill them with distilled water a second time. And that's essentially the fast. And, and yes, we're, we're not uh, putting yokes of bondage on people. We're calling people to seek the Lord. Do whatever you feel led, whatever you feel comfortable. We are under the law of the Spirit in the New Covenant. We are not under the law of the flesh, but... The Spirit is calling forth that we begin to put the flesh down. We, you know, the end of the flesh has come. Amen. The time for ben- the end of all flesh is upon us now. And, uh, you know, so it does behoove us to discipline our bodies in times of fasting and prayer. And, you know, and if you set out to do the full water fast and you break the fast after the second day or even the first day, <clears throat> don't be condemned. Don't feel bad. And, you know, if you're so inclined, just go right back to the fast. It's it's okay. It's not an all-or-nothing proposition. Um, You know, fast one day and eat eat a meal that that. night. Do whatever you feel led to do. But, you know, by all means, sanctify the time, which means, you know, turn off the Nephilim, turn off the Babylon entertainment, turn off all of the barking dogs, you know, the so-called newsmen that are out there. Turn off the news. Lose the news and <laughs> Amen. spend and dedicate and concentrate your time in t- seasons of prayer, repentance, and then gather, if you can, in small groups, solemn assemblies. And be bold. Confess your sins one to another with people that you trust aren't going to betray you next week and, and, and you know, end up slandering you here, there, or everywhere. That's kind of the formula. Amen. Amen. And, and folks, also, don't. one of the things, too, is when you do that, use distilled water um, when you do your vegetables. And the reason is distilled water is an empty water. And so it will help draw those nutrients out of the vegetables into the distilled water. And uh, you can pick up distilled water real easy from the grocery store. And uh, just, um, you know, distilled water is not something you always, you know, people drink all the time by itself. But with these vegetables, it will pull those nutrients out of those vegetables. And also remember, I will post back on the link to break it that fast. Uh, kind of the formula, you know, should the best practice is the amount of days you fast to ease back into eating that amount of days. Uh, so, you know, take your time. Be careful because you want to not only get all the spiritual benefits, but folks, there are health benefits to fasting for your body to clear the mind, the temple, everything that are just beautiful. And you don't want to lose that at the end of that fast because your body's going to start detoxing itself. It's going to be a blessing. And, um, you, you, you're just going to want to not mess that up. So just remember, ease back into that, and it'll be wonderful. We'll get the links back up there into that. And Benjamin and I will be uh, having another program while this is all going on. We'll talk about it and all that stuff. Folks, don't be surprised, though, starting tomorrow evening, if all hell doesn't break loose in your life, okay? Don't get all shocked if everything wants to go crazy, 
All right, that means the devil knows that you want to seek the Lord, so a lot of times he likes to send a few uh, missiles your way. That's okay. God has got this under control. And uh, so, Benjamin, one of the things, if you could, you know, I know you got some things on your heart, but this is the days of awe, and we briefly touched about it last week, but there was something special in these 10 days uh, that culminate all this fasting this is what's naturally these days of repentance uh, could you share a little bit with the audience what this means to have this solemn assembly at this time yeah i'd be happy to frank i do want to touch though briefly on you know your comment of how to break the fast um it the level of concern on this issue is a function of time if you fast for one day you you're you know don't end the fast with a porterhouse steak and don't go to McDonald's and fill up on junk food. And don't eat a bag of chips, okay? Come back to a healthy diet. You know, we need to repent of the gluttony spirit. And part of that gluttony is the addiction to these corporate products that are falsely labeled as food. And I'm talking about the junk food, the processed food. This stuff is not only bad for our health, it's bad for our spiritual well-being. So, you know, clearly when you're coming off the fast, eat healthy on the other side of the fast, the, the issue of how serious you need to be about ending the fast is totally a function of the time. A short-term fast, one, two days, three days, not super critical, but don't eat a bunch of garbage and, you know, eat lightly. You get beyond day three, four, you need to be more careful. Beyond seven to ten, it is critically important you pay attention. And if you go beyond day 17, you could actually kill yourself if you went out and just stuffed yourself with all kinds of junk. Uh, people have actually died rupturing their stomachs. So it's a function of how long you fasted. Okay. And I don't know why the link is down, but, uh, you know, the book, um, you know, we'll, be, we'll be happy to share it. And, you know, you guys should use it as a resource. It's definitely valuable. I have the PDF. Okay. It'll be posted. Right on. Okay. Days of awe. The high holy days of the fall are the completion of the, the work of God in bringing his people out of the darkness, out of slavery, out of their servitude to the sin nature of the flesh, out of the bondage of Egypt, the bondage of the world, into a, the wilderness where they meet with God the time of Shavuot, the Pentecost, where Moses went up to the mountain, where the apostles waited in Jerusalem, and the fire of God came down. And then in the fall feast is the consummation of the plan of God. And it begins with the month of Elul, which is the sixth month on the sacred calendar. It's the last month if you use the secular calendar, and it's the month of repentance. And the month of Elul ends with the month of Tishri. And on Tishri 1, we celebrate the Day of Trumpets, otherwise known as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. It's the first day. It's New Year's Day if you're using the secular calendar of Israel. Some of the saints prefer to call it Yom Tor Torah, or it's the Day of the Trumpets. <clears throat> and so that is tomorrow night, Friday night. The evening begins the day using God's biblical model, and so tomorrow night at sundown will mark the day of trumpets. It continues all the way through the evening of Saturday. 
That is the first day of the new month, and the trumpets are to alert the nation that we have just ended the month of a lull, and we are now in the final 10-day countdown to the great and awesome day of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was the day out of the entire year, and the day in the high holy days of the fall, that the high priest was commanded to first present a sacrifice and then to appear in the Holy of Holies. One day of the year that the priest of God who represented the nation could appear in the Holy of Holies. And if he entered with sin on him, he would be struck dead. And so they tied a rope to his ankle, and he had bells on his robe. And if the servants in the temple heard the bells ringing, they knew he was still alive. If the bells stopped ringing, he had dropped dead, having been found guilty of entering the Holy of Holies with sin and compromise on his garments. So the servants would pull him out by the rope (laughs) tied to his ankle. Well, Yom Kippur was also the day for the entire nation to appear before the Lord in a day of fasting and prayer, in a day of repentance. And these final ten days, which are known as the days of awe, are the final ten days to ready your heart to repent. And according to the tradition, now you can dismiss this, it's not in Scripture if you wish, but according to the tradition of the elders, it was during the ten days of awe that the Lord would make the final decision of who he was going to kill in the following 12 months. And who would live? Who would be given one more year on the earth? Whose life would be required of them? And who would be allowed another year? And so the days of all were of personal penance as well as a, a time of repentance for the community and for the nation as well. And now, under the New Covenant, as Christians, we didn't learn any of this. And that's a whole other subject. We're not going to go there. Those who are awakening to the lateness of the hour have also awakened to the relevance of the biblical feast days. Because these are not the feasts of the Jewish people. These are God's feast days. And they're all prophetic of the ministry of the Messiah. So here we are on the eve or the advent of the day of trumpets, which will be tomorrow night, and we're going to initiate a solemn assembly. And we're going to present um, an opportunity. We're going to repent. We're going to pray. We're going to confess our sins, our personal sins, our family bloodline sins, the sins of our communities, the sins of our churches, and ultimately the sins of our nation in a format with multiple people who who are are on a short list of presenters or, or repenters, if you will. And we're going to lead everybody in prayers of repentance. And those of you that have gathered in small groups at home, you guys can, you know, you can enter in. If you're listening by yourself, you can enter in, come into agreement, come into repentance, and believe me, we're going to cover everything. Because we're going to cover all the sins of America. So, you know, whatever issues you've been dealing with, we're going to repent of. And you can enter into agreement and repent with us before the Lord. The purpose of which is for us to get our hearts ready for the 
the great day of Yom Kippur, which leads us to the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the time when the Lord comes in visitation with his people, and it represents the final fulfillment of the plan of God in which we are ultimately reconciled to God and restored to his fellowship in the kingdom that is to come. Of course, Tabernacles concludes on October 10th. The next day is the 23rd of Tishri, which is October 11th. It's known as Simchat Torah in the Hebrew, which means the end of the Torah. It's the end of the study or the reading of the Word of God. God's final word has been spoken to the nation, and it's done. Now, this Simchat Torah, there are a lot of voices who are suggesting we're going to see some serious events begin on October 11th of this year. And given that it's the 70th year of America Babylon, uh, given Pastor Dana's dreams, given uh, some of the excellent work done by a number of other people, I'm tending to think that's probably real. Something that's going to blow our minds is probably going to take place. And, and if not this October, it's coming in November. And, uh, you know, this is no joke. This is not a false alarm. This is not the little boy crying wolf one more time. This is, we're watching the final warnings from heaven. And Frank, would it be all right? I'd like to just read um, the message that came forth by a guy named Stan Grant in 2010. Would you mind if I read that? Uh, it's pretty Go brief. for it. Go for um, it. Th- this was forwarded to me by one of the listeners, uh, one of our prayer intercessors. And um, this was presented on a Facebook page. And I read as follows. One of the least discussed but most important elements of Pastor Dana's dreams in which he saw the events of October, November, and December. One of the most important elements, but nobody's focused on, was the fact that he saw Russian and Chinese troops on American soil. Everything is a precursor to that event. Now, the Lord revealed to a guy named Stan Grant, according to the testimony that was presented on Facebook, In 2010, a series of events would culminate in an invasion of America by Russia, China, and other enemy forces. And, of course, we all know the Battle of Ezekiel 38 is fixing to happen. We know America's the daughter of Babylon. We know where the eagle's wings of Daniel 7. We know the eagle's wings are about to be plucked. And then the Antichrist kingdom will be lifted up, caused to rule over the earth. And at the same time great second exodus will begin. The eagle's wings are going to be given to the woman. Thank God. The Lord's not done with America. America's just facing a tremendous trial of fire, a tremendous purging, a, a serious judgment is about to come down on our country. And this is what he was shown. The timing of this would be in the fall and winter during a future election year. And he was shown that during the summer, before the election, there would be civil unrest, riots, disorder in pockets around the country, and it was, then the Spirit called it the travail, the time of travail. And well, clearly that's been happening. By the fall, which fall will begin in four more days, by the fall, the not-so-civil unrest would become widespread, and the violence will intensify economic upheaval, and warfare against the middle and lower classes, by design, would create even greater travail and trauma. During this window, 
the election of a very nationalist president, one whose focus was on making America a great nation again, and I'm paraphrasing that last comment, but a, a president whom the globalists all hate and totally oppose, he would be elected, but the election will be very painful and filled with intense travail. His primary enemy is actually China. He detests them, and they hate him. And his election will trigger the as a flashpoint, setting off everything. Following his election, the forces that hate him will assassinate him. Now, this is according to the testimony of, of Mr. Grant. It'll be their only option to remove him. The patriots will know why the president was taken out, and civil war will erupt. Complete economic collapse, and the collapse of our central government will follow by late fall, Okay, fall ends December 21st, you guys. By late fall, that would be end of November, early December, and early winter, with America sufficiently weakened by civil war, economic collapse, the loss of the chain of command of our central government, Russia and China will invade. People will flee the cities and coastal areas for refuges in the remote wilderness area parts of our country. People are already leaving the cities, but this will be mass exodus. Cities are a kill box and will be completely decimated. We already knew that. You probably already knew that. Those who leave early will fare the best. Those who wait until the last minute, like Lot's wife, will lose everything and probably end up fleeing on foot in the dead of winter. The comment was that uh, this might involve an EMP or some other kind of attack, shutting down all of our systems, electricity, Internet, heat, fuel, water. A remnant will begin calling out to God for mercy and repenting of our national sins. Well, well, we're planning on starting that process tomorrow night, and I know others are doing the same. And there's a lot of calls for national repentance because... Folks, that's exactly what is necessary for, for the remnant to do in this time. Spring of the following year, God will intervene on our behalf. The scriptural authority for that is Jeremiah 50, verse 44. I will make them suddenly run away. The Lord intervenes. And what I got in my spirit is that intervention would occur in Passover of next year. And he writes, I knew that it was spring. I suspect it's around the Passover. I'm suspecting that that is accurate. Americans called by God, Americans will be called by God to take up weapons and fight. Everyone is a soldier. By the end of this war inside our country, we will all be fighting. And in the midst of the fight, God will perform miracles to destroy the invaders. America will be left victorious, yet drastically reduced in size and strength. Finally, the revival, an unprecedented revival. A revival that will make the book of Acts look like a drop of water in a five-gallon bucket. God will pour out his spirit upon people, and we will witness signs, wonders, and miracles that are biblical in nature. God must judge the corruption in America, but he's not yet done with America. This nation exists by him and for him, and he's not going to turn a blind eye to the national sin any longer. And he's not... But yet he's not done with the true believers in America either. You are the ones who get to wrap this story up, so you need to toughen up 
and prepare to get through the necessary upheaval. America's darkest days lie just ahead. But following these days of darkness, there will be incredible days for those who wholly trust in the Lord. Our national population will be reduced by 90%. Some of you who, who've spoken with me, you, know, you no doubt have heard that number before. 10% will survive. Our global influence will be over. The empire gone. The collapse of America will pave the ways for the rise of the beast system. That's in Daniel 7. Eagle's wings plucked. The lion is lifted up and he stands on his feet, lifted up above the earth, and stands on his feet as a man, and the heart of a man is given to the beast. The beast takes over possession of the man. His name is spelled 666. From that point forward, we will be a place of refuge and protected by God. Only those fully committed will be protected through these events. Then prepare to rise and shine because God's glory is going to rise above upon his remnant after these trials, not before, but after. And then he goes on and he says, The Lord showed me all of this before Trump. I had a framework, but I didn't have a time. When Trump came on the scene in 2016, I thought it was that election year, but it didn't happen, and it left me scratching my head. But I've always been early with what I've seen. And Dana's dreams now appear to indicate that it, this is going to occur in 2020. I believe Dana has heard from the Lord, and these things are in fact going to occur. There's more that I could share, but I'll leave it here for now. I will say these events cannot be prayed away. People need to be made ready. And You know, Frank, I think of the time when the Lord spoke audibly to me, showed me a vision of an American flag in utter darkness, and it, and it was the deepest darkness I've ever seen. It wasn't just black. It wasn't just an absence of light. It was a profound darkness. The whole earth was covered in it. There was only one light, and it was shining on the American flag. And the Lord spoke audibly to me, and he said, At the time of the end, I will yet once again use the United States of America. That's exactly what this brother is saying in this word that the Lord is not done with the United States. See, we're the eagle's wings. And yes, we're going to be judged by fire, and yes, we're going to suffer a dramatic reduction in population, but the remnant that survives what is about to happen to our country is either currently born-again spirit-filled Christians or will be people who repent in the sight of these judgments. And the 10% that survive are going to turn into the most radicalized, on-fire, committed believers probably to ever walk the earth. And then the greater ministry will begin when we will do the greater works. The second exodus will begin. The gathering of the remnant, the worldwide revival, the great harvest, all of these things are dead ahead. We just have to pass through about six months of travail and trial by fire. You know, praise God. We are starting the process ourselves by choosing to put down our flesh. When you choose to fast and pray, when you choose to fast from food, when you choose to do the hardcore fast, and, you know, the Daniel fast for three weeks is a hardcore fast. Eating one meal every other day, every third day, is a hardcore fast. Water only for 10 days or more, is a hardcore fast. When you do those fasts, you are literally bringing judgment on your own flesh. 
You're not putting down the mind of the flesh. You're putting down the strength of the flesh. And when you then sanctify the time and begin to seek the Lord, God responds. And that's exactly what we need in this hour, you guys, because, you know, you know the naysayers can, can say whatever they want to say, but this is all happening. You know, for two years, I think it was in maybe 2017, I began to realize from the scripture that the 70 years of reign of end-time Babylon would repeat the 70-year rule of ancient Babylon. And, and at first, I hadn't quite pieced together that it was the reign of the Chaldeans and and that it had to do with the coronation of America as the leader of the free world, with the signing of the NATO Treaty, when all the leaders of the world gathered in Washington in November of 49. And I didn't understand under the, under the Chaldean tradition, they only counted complete years. And I didn't really recognize that for God's prophecies to be true, he's got to count complete years as well, because you know, when the Lord says it'll be 70 years, he didn't mean 69 and a half. But, you know, I was still sort of, you know, seeing in part, and, and so, you know, realizing the 70 years of Babylon would repeat, and that America would rule the, the nations for 70 years, and at the completion of the 70th year, she would effectively be destroyed as an empire, only a remnant surviving the, the mighty judgment, which if you read in, in the book of Jeremiah, go check out Jeremiah 25, verse 12, you'll see very clearly it talks about the judgment of ancient Babylon, and it also talks about the judgment of the land of the Chaldeans, the second half of Jeremiah 25. Verse 12. And then if you read everything past verse 12, it's all events at the end of the age. And the very first thing God says is, I'm going to take every prophecy written in the book of Jeremiah and I'm going to bring it as a judgment upon the end time land of the Chaldeans. Okay, if paraphrasing that, God's going to throw the book at this country. Now, if you go read the entire book of Jer Jeremiah, there's a whole lot of judgment in there, you guys, like the cities burning, like Sodom and Gomorrah. That never happened in ancient Babylon. The land utterly desolate. That never happened in ancient... On and on and on. That's a whole separate study. But, you know, in 2017 and into 2018, at, at first I'm thinking, well, maybe this is correlated to Israel's birth in 48. Well, no, it, it, it actually was... It was a function of the Chaldean deep state taking complete control, which they seized in 49 and, and the beginning of their worldwide rule in 1950. You know, so over time it became clear, now this is going to happen, in, this whole thing's going down in 2020, and it was tied to the Chaldean calendar, and, it, and, it, and the key date was the third day of spring, which is the Burning Man ritual, in which the Chaldeans literally do burning human sacrifice. And this year, Burning Man occurred on March 22nd, which was the day they locked down the nation and the world. They began to burn the people with psychological torture, isolating the elderly in their rest homes. These people are dying from loneliness. They'd be better off to be with their loved ones and die of COVID than to be in solitary confinement, locked in their rooms with no visitors, no human contact. It's a psyop, my friends. The deep state's taking this thing down, you guys. Time indeed has come. So, what are the people of God to do? Well, the answer is in the book of Joel. Call a solemn assembly. Declare a fast. Gather the people together and cry out and repent before the Lord for your sins, for the sins of your families, for the sins of the people. 
and you know, let's do this right. Because this, this is um, likely the only chance we're going to have, you guys, to actually do this. Sanctify a fast. That means make the time holy. Not only are we fasting from food, we're fasting from entertainment, we're fasting from the news, we're fasting from all the things that we would normally do, and we're setting aside the time to seek the Lord in prayer, in worship, in scripture, and in gathering together in small groups. In a solemn assembly. That's an assembly where we come together for one purpose. To humble ourselves, to gather as a community or a family or a group, and pray. Confess our sins. Repent one for another. Stand in the gap for each other. And gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord, into the presence of the Lord, and cry unto the Lord for the day of the Lord is at hand. And indeed it is. And um, you know, Frank, it's just simply astonishing. Um, <clears throat> there was a news event today. Two gas lines blew up in Oklahoma and in Arkansas, both the result of sabotage. And we've been having a lot of sabotage, you guys. Buildings, you know, in- facilities, utility systems, train derailments, pipelines, power plants. It's only going to accelerate as we race towards these events. Forest fires being set by arson. I mean, you know, this bioweapons released uh, intentionally, but the claim is, you know, it was a natural-born virus. Even though top biologists, PhDs in, in microbiology who worked at the offending facility have come forward and said, no, no, clear signatures of a modification of this coronavirus to add a gain of function enhancement, more contagious, not more deadly, still only kills people with comorbidity factors, but more contagious, bioweapons released, fires exploding all over the country, on and on and on. And I just wanted to read just one little snippet from uh, my first book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, which if you guys haven't read it, you might want to check it out. And this is from uh, the section, The Final Phase, in which I talk about uh, Soviet General Viktor Suvorov, who defected to the U.S., wrote the book Spetsnaz, The Inside Story of Russian Special Forces. You can find it by Googling Suvorov's name. Find him in Wikipedia. The link to Spetsnaz is there. You can see the entire book online. His name spelled S-U-V-O-R-O-V, Viktor Suvorov. And he, and he basically wrote a number of recent news incidents will be dismissed as accidents. But they are likely the final phase of the communist pre-war preparations against us. This is described as the overture or the preparatory period by the Russian militaries. The increasing number of accidents alongside our growing scandal-filled news fits Suvorov's description of the overture perfectly. While the fictitious events he described now seem eerily prophetic. prophetic. In 2018, a train derails, filled with a Republican congressman who they just happened to be involved in an accident. The accident could have killed or injured scores of them. 
you know, for those who are unaware, the strategy embodied within the overture, as Suvorov explains, the final months of peace, as in other wars, have an almost palpable air of crisis about them. Incidents, accidents, small disasters add to the tension. Trains collide on a railway bridge. Super tanker bursts into flames. You know, a major harbor explodes. Their grain silos destroyed. In the United States, an epidemic of some new disease breaks out, spreading rapidly. At the same time, terrible fires begin ravaging the West. Huh, today's headlines. All of these operations, because none of these events are an accident, and others like them are officially known in Russian military circles as the preparatory period, unofficially called the overture. The overture is a series of large and small operations, the purpose of which is before actual military operations begin to weaken our country's morale, create an atmosphere of suspicion and fear and uncertainty, and divert the attention of our police forces and our, and our security forces to a large number of potential targets. The overture is carried out by agents of the secret services of either satellite states or the communist nations themselves. The principal method is gray terror, the kind of terror that is not conducted in the name of a state. They don't leave their calling cards. The terror is carried out either in the name of an existing extremist group or some fictitious organization. What we've been witnessing in our news is a perfect example of the acts of the overture. The Russian collusion scandal, scandal, the sexual harassment scandal, the spontaneous fires exploding in California, the pipelines erupting, the train derailments, the refinery explosions, the power outages, and now the, the coronavirus epidemic. These are exact illustrations Suvorov used to describe what the overture would look like in the eyes of the average American before World War III would begin. So here we are, brothers and sisters. We've been pounding the table for a while, and I know those of you that are listening, you're, most of you are on the same page. And so you know, we're excited that we're going to be able to gather in this solemn assembly. You know, to the extent you guys can fast and pray, join, join in. And if you start out intending to fast and, and you break the fast, don't, don't condemn yourself. Don't be discouraged. Just start fasting again. It's okay. You fast for two days and then, in, you know, you need to eat a meal because of work requirements or, or family responsibilities or whatever. Fine. Eat the meal. Go eat a healthy, you know, a, a Daniel Fast vegetarian type meal. Go have some nuts, some fruits, some vegetables. You know, don't, don't, I wouldn't break the fast with meat. I wouldn't break the fast with fast food. But go ahead. Do what you need to do. Then come right back to the season of fasting and prayer. And let's seek the Lord with all of our might. Let's pray for one another. If you remember in the book of Job, the Lord turned Job's life back. He turned Job's fortune back when Job began to pray for his friends. So let's all begin to pray for each other. Stand in the gap for our families and our friends. And let's do our best to fulfill the commandments of our God in the book of Joel. And this was literally written to the generation that sees these judgments coming to pass. 
We are to blow the trumpet in Zion. That is Rosh Hashanah, you guys. That is the alarm on the holy mountain. We're going to blow it tomorrow night. And I'm telling you, if, you, if you're not a little bit concerned, the scripture says, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is not at hand. And it is. It's down the road. It's a day of darkness. Nothing shall escape. But the Lord goes on after, you know, after commanding repentance and prayer. In Joel chapter 2, the Lord says in verse 12, Therefore, now, says the Lord, because of all of this, now, turn your heart. Turn back to me with all your heart and with fasting. Okay? You want to leave fasting out? That's your call. But the Lord said, turn with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments it's not about getting religious in terms of our outward acts forget that That's, that doesn't impress God he's looking at the heart rend your heart for the Lord and turn to the Lord with all your heart for he's gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and he repents of the judgments he's purposed for your life. Who knows if the Lord, when he returns to visit the earth, right after tabernacles, when he throws the stone cut without hands, smashing the image of the beast in the feet, and the whole satanic kingdom begins to crumble. Who knows if the, when the Lord comes to visit your house, that he, he might leave a blessing. He might bless you. He might anoint you. He might heal you. He might deliver your children. Who knows? God might come back for the salvation of his anointed, and you might be on the list. So blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify the fast, and call the solemn assembly. And let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them cry out and say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy chosen ones to reproach that the heathen should rule over us. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. If we do this, God is going to respond in, the, in his word. Go read this for yourself in, in the book of Joel. It's only a couple pages. The Lord says he will have pity for his people, and he will answer and say, Behold, I'm going to send you the corn. Okay, the, that handful of corn, that's 144,000. I'm sending the 144,000. And the wine of the new covenant and the oil of the anointing, and you will be satisfied and I will no longer make you a reproach. And I will remove far away from you the army and the, and the enemies that have accosted us, that have persecuted us. They're going to get removed. 90% of this population is getting removed. They're going to be ashes under your feet soon, people. Fear not, O land, for the Lord is about to do great things. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord, for he gave you the former rain moderately, but now he's going to cause to come down upon you the former and the latter rain in the first month. When is that? Brothers and sisters, that would be Nisan. That is the spring. That's Passover. We're going to get the former and latter rain pouring down and anointing without measure. And then the Lord says, and I'm going to restore to you the years that Satan robbed from you. The years that the locusts have eaten, all they've destroyed your produce, destroyed all of your work. 
You know, more important than that, that stuff's meaningless. Destroyed your families. Taken your children. Lord's going to restore all of this. And you'll know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and no no one else. And my people will never be ashamed. So don't be afraid about confessing your sins one to another. It's the sins that you've never confessed, that you were afraid to tell anyone. Those, you're only as sick as your secrets. They would say in in some of the recovery groups that challenge people to be brutally honest in their recovery from the ravages of sin, the ravages of addiction, you know, the ravages of following the darkness of this ruined age. We're only as sick as the things that are hidden in the darkness of our heart. So be brutally honest. Confess your sins one to another. And understand that the Lord says, my people will never be ashamed. One of the people you're going to get to meet tomorrow night is Dr. Ron. Uh, my my dear friend, Dr. Ron. And uh, Dr. Ron, God bless God bless Dr. Ron. He is one of the most awesome, beautiful, incredible men of God. And Dr. Ron and his wife, Alexa, took the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, to Hawaii when it was just a manuscript. And and his wife started reading it at 9 o'clock at night. This was in the year 1997. Yeah, 97. And... um, or maybe early 98, she couldn't stop reading the book. They pulled an all-nighter, and when they came back, they called me on the phone. They're like, brother, we want you at our house, and we're calling all our friends. And Dr. Ron is the reason the book got published. Dr. Ron brought forth the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. And he has an awesome ministry in leading um, what he calls men's group, and his wife leads women's group, and it is a and they've got awesome working books that they've done to literally challenge us to get real, to get honest, and to be fearless and believe the word of God uh, as to who we are in Jesus and confess those sins and put that stuff off. And and so Dr. Ron's going to be sharing. He's going to be one of our our repenters tomorrow night. and I'm so excited that he'll be on. Um, I think we're going to have David Murray. We're going to have Bruce and Rhonda Johnson. Uh, Frank and I will be there. Um, and we may have one or two others uh, who might come forward and volunteer. Uh, the, we don't have the ability to let a large group of people um, access the microphone. So the vast majority will be listening through Remnant Call. But you guys, you can be in prayer of agreement with us as a group, as a group of people, we are going to call on the name of our God. We are going to call on the Lord. And, you know, those of us who have eyes to see, we know the time is at hand. And, you know, praise God that he's allowed us these high holy days in which to prepare our hearts to meet our God. Because he is coming in visitation. He's coming among us even as the nations are, are preparing for war and they're, you know, the darkness coming upon them is, is astonishing. I don't need to tell you. You guys see it for yourself. It's incredible, the darkness coming upon the earth now. And they're all going to be swept away. 
They're going to follow the beast. They're going to march right into the abyss. And they're going to be no more. We're never going to see them again. But for those of us that are of the kingdom of God, you know, we're being called to the throne room of heaven. We're being called to paradise with the Lord in life eternal. So let's get busy in doing the things we need to do in terms of repentance, fasting, and prayer in this time. For the Lord is about to roar out of Zion. He's going to utter his voice from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth are soon going to be shaking. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Then you will know that the Lord dwells in Zion, which is his holy mountain. And Jerusalem shall be holy in that day. There will be no more strangers permitted in her gates. And it will come to pass in that time that the mountains will drop down with new wine. And the hills will flow with milk. The rivers of Judah will be clean. And a fountain of healing shall come forth from the house of the Lord. And Judah shall dwell forever. Jerusalem from generation to generation. And the Lord will cleanse their blood, which has not yet been cleansed. For the Lord will be in Zion. The Lord's coming in visitation. Chimes of tremendous refreshing are coming. Look, if you're struggling, if this is the hardest time you face, don't lose hope. The light is about to dawn in the camp of the righteous. We are days away from things changing. And if you go read the book of Habakkuk, the Lord is coming forth for the judgment in the camp of the wicked, but he's coming forth for the salvation of his anointed. That's you if you're born again and you've got the Holy Spirit. He's coming for your salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Folks, it's a serious times, and um, I will, like we said earlier, I will link, I do have the document. Um, it will be linked up on the program on YouTube. Listen, the recipe is on page 61 of the PDF and 62. Uh, I just did some simple math, though. If you want to do a full gallon, because he uh, does about 40, I think, two ounces worth or something like that, 48, uh, you, it would be about four, uh, two and a half cups of beets, three cups of carrots, and a cup and a quarter of celery for a full gallon. Uh, if not doing a full gallon, you can just follow the recipe. I just uh, doubled it a time and a half, whatever, to, to make the whole uh, ounces that you would need. So that's just some quick math on how to you know, do the ratio to the distilled water. And uh, so anyways, folks, don't listen and drink this stuff like is like Benjamin said, as much as you want. Your body will thank you for it. It, it will enjoy this water coming off these vegetables. Um, so and it will help you. And uh, I and uh, so anyways, do that. It'll be there. Uh, we will be starting tomorrow, 8 p.m. Don't forget Eastern Remnant Call. Uh, you can go to uh, YouTube.com forward slash Remnant Call Radio, all one word, and uh, you will find it right there, or just search Remnant Call on YouTube with the first one to pop up, and, and it will be there. Folks, it's a serious time. Uh, folks, we should, it's not just because of now. This country has been going down for so long, I can't think of a more important time with the absolute fallen spiritual nature of this country and the utter debauchery God is calling forth the people. Uh, we are not here to sit and bury ourselves down a hundred feet underground. 
We are to seek the Lord, pray, and he will guide us through this hour. Benjamin, you've been talking about this for years, uh, about in Micah. The Lord told us to wait upon him, not man, no person, no guide. The Lord himself will be our guide through this hour. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Folks, join with us. We're going to be there. Benjamin, uh, thank you for what you've shared uh, we will be joining back in tomorrow night, everybody, like I said again, 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, listen, if you want to email me a prayer request, please email me, frank at remnantcall.com. Benjamin, we can, we'll just throw all those into the, what we're praying over. Uh, so please just email your prayer requests in, frank at remnantcall.com, and we will uh, take care of that tomorrow. Benjamin, thank you, and God bless you for what you've shared this evening. Um, folks, if you've never read The Day of the Lord is at hand, well, I can tell you what, it wasn't just powerful for that doctor. It was powerful for me, and God used that book and saved my life in 1999, and I thank the Lord for it. Uh, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we believe, Lord, you are calling us for such a time as this. And Lord, our prayers and our repentance, Lord, it's not because, Lord, we are doing it because we think we can somehow win your favor. Lord, we are doing it because we know without you we will not survive. Lord, our flesh is nothing. It is weak. It has let you down time and time again. But the spirit of the living God, we, be able, we believe, is able to quicken and overcome these falling shorts and disparities that we have been through, Lord. So we pray by the power of the Almighty, in the name of Yeshua, that you would bless us and that the devil will not be able to interfere with this time, Lord, of sanctification by setting apart ourselves unto holiness unto our Father in heaven. We thank you because we ask it in Yeshua's precious and powerful name. God bless you, Benjamin. We will see you tomorrow night. God bless each one of you. This is Brother Benjamin and Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Oh.